0: Welcome everybody, all the listeners who have returned to episode twenty-eight of the Chiluminati podcast. We have had a busy friggin' June. Very
1: busy. It's June. not gonna end anytime soon. No it's still we are, just gonna be busy forever.
0: It's literally busy until August when con season officially comes to an end. I think Are you
1: ready for all three of us to fly to London in like one <sighs> week's time? I'm so ready. <laughs> Two I'm weeks' so time ready to like uh do Chilluminati UK, la 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 Cox, la la la. CoxCon UK, dot biz, dot, dot biz. tickets, dot no, tickets. not even close.
2: Dot buy Coxcon tickets now. Dot co dot CoxCon.co.uk. <laughs> dot dot you can go there, buy tickets, come see us. You should. We're going to do a dope show live for everybody. It'll probably be the biggest
0: show I personally have ever done just in front of anybody at any time It'll conditions.
1: probably be the biggest show ever, ever. ever done. recorded, no By will anyone. ever mean it. Um, in the
2: history of the world.
1: We're going right. to live stream it, right? Online?
2: Yes, oh, so it'll no be live streamed no. online. It'll also, more importantly, be live streamed at your local theater.
1: What? No, <laughs> uh, at Adam <laughs> Events.
2: At, at Events. Rave 18.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. It won't. No, it won't. All right, boys. We're going to be diving into a fun topic today. So get your, your – your, uh, I don't even – this is not necessarily a tinfoil hat episode, but this is an episode people have been asking for since, like, week one of us doing this. This is a classic, classic cryptid. That exists what? here in the United States, supposedly. Who could it be? Who could it be? It's none other than the Chupacabra. No, the Mothman.
2: It is I'm the excited Mothman. about the Mothman. I'm excited about the Chupacabra Mothman. <laughs> the Chupa the Chupa Mothman.
1: It's like Chupa High Mothman. Don Draper's greatest fear is like the Mothman. Like really? this is like this is like the old school, like USA 1960s middle of the country kind of stuff. I love this.
0: This is what happens when you live in the flyover states and nothing interesting happens. Well, except for Mothman. Except for the Mothman. Uh, so out of curiosity, what do the two what do the two of you know about the Mothman? Just like
2: passing I know knowledge. a lot. I'm not even, gonna lie. Really? I'm I'm even gonna a BS lot. Really, you know? BS about this. So I know just a know lot everything, about the Mothman. Right? Right. I don't uh,
1: I don't have it I don't have it like committed to my memory, but I've seen the movie. I've like gone down the rabbit hole. Are we going to talk about uh What's what's his name? The dude. What's the dude's name? The guy who like calls on the phone. Oh, I can't. I, I can't remember his name, but he has a weird name. That's like Mister Cold or something like that.
2: Um, uh,
0: we may get to that in the second episode. Spoilers. It's gonna be at least
2: Cold? a two parter.
1: Uh, yeah,
2: Fist on Eyes Christmas. <laughs> I'm Mr. Mothman. I'm Mr. Bridge Disaster.
1: How much of our audience
2: <laughs> gets that reference, gents? Just uh, hopefully all of them. You think so? That is a timeless classic. If, if we're doing, is if it we're still doing shot our... on
0: TV during the holidays? Is that still yeah, that's
1: aired every year. The right, year right. without a Santa Claus. Yeah, it's. A is whole, that the like, one?
0: You know, Rudolph and all that. Oh God, Heat Miser Boy. You know, it was a good time. Do they, well, they?
1: Is it still legally allowed to show claymation on TV, <laughs> or is it too scary?
2: Claymation is not scary, and you're a bitch if you think it is. Right? I am the only—I think I'm the only person on planet Earth to own the actual Claymation Christmas special, and it's great. That's my favorite. I will watch that every Christmas. Hell yeah! That's what we used to watch every Christmas as well. Here you know, we go—a leg a leg a we go. It's great. I just make <laughs>
1: wassel and get wasted instead, and that's that's my Claymation Christmas.
2: <laughs> hey. uh. I know a lot about Mothman. Okay. Um, well, we'll see.
0: We'll we'll have to test your knowledge as we'll go. We don't want to spoil anything too much. I
2: know where the name Mothman comes from, too. That's Ooh. my one little tidbit that I know about.
1: You want to you want to spoil that now?
2: No. I'm going to wait right. until we get to the Mothman. Is all it
1: because right. he looks like a moth?
2: No. It, it literally <laughs> that, what has do you mean? to do with that. It's <laughs> okay, all funny. right. funny. Okay. Um, it's all actually right. funny.
0: All right. All right. We're going to dive into the Mothman, though. But before we do, a big thank you to Deanna. She is uh, the researcher who, who spent two months... Diving into the Mothman, uh, she loves the Mothman, and it is clear there is a passion here. Have you guys ever seen the Mothman's shiny chrome ass? The
1: statue?
0: Yeah, the statue with the perfect ass. Jesse, go ahead and Google Mothman ass.
1: What? Isn't go there ahead, a, do it. Just do isn't it. there a... Isn't there... Didn't somebody on the forums just go there
2: in Whoa. The, on the Reddit?
1: He has got a,
0: a fa- finely crafted
2: rear end. Didn't somebody... A butt out of Overwatch. That's an Overwatch <laughs> butt. And listeners, Did... please,
0: go do the very same. Go ahead and, and Google Mothman Butt. Uh, there's a statue that is out in the Midwest that has... Uh, he is a finely crafted figure. Let's put it that it way. Does. <laughs>
2: it does. Didn't somebody just butt. visit it?
0: Am I crazy? I think uh, it's one of our researchers visited it while they are researching it. I think it was Deanna, actually.
1: Shoutouts to Emerald Gordient. Emerald Gordiant. Uh, who posted a picture of my best friend came to visit me from Mississippi to Maryland and we road trip to the Mothman Museum. He's literally they're both holding hands with the <laughs> Mothman in their Chilluminati shirts.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh man, the Chilluminati hoodies look great, by the way. Thank you for everybody who sent us pictures of you wearing. I got
1: mine in the mail. I look tight. I look like I'm about to do graffiti or something somewhere. It feels yeah, good.
0: I mean, legal in LA. Yes. Well C B D it-
1: and graffiti, baby. Hell
0: yeah. Well, if you don't know the listener, if you guys don't know who the Mothman is, a quick description is kind of simple. The Mothman is a very large, somewhere between 6 and 10 feet typically described, uh, humanoid creature with red eyes that are reflective in nature. Uh, He has giant wings, but an important note, never is he ever seen with his wings flapping when he flies. But he has big wings.
1: So we're talking like a Japanese, like... Daytime, like, robot fighting TV
2: show. Absolutely. Like, he's got the wings out, but he, he hovers. Yeah. He's a very got much it. of a hover. Nailed um, it. He's I, ma- I couldn't figure out what you were going for, and I realized you weren't talking about anything Japanese. You weren't talking about anything specific from the show. You just meant the fact that in those old shitty shows, yes. yeah. the wings never moved. I was yeah. like, what are you talking about? He just caught up. He just, just, <laughs> just kind of move like, in.
1: It's like, imagine you just hang an action figure from a string, and you kind of, like, All right. dangle it. Yeah.
2: It makes yep. sense now. now Hashtag now you're, now you're
1: dangle it.
0: Hashtag yeah. let it dangle, baby.
1: Dangle it out. Dangle it out. The dangle man prophecies. The
0: dangle man prophecies. Uh, he is a man-shaped, so people believe him to be at least the body of a man, though the face is never truly ever really seen beyond the glowing red eyes. That's what
1: people say about me.
0: That you're a man-shaped? I'm
1: vaguely man-shaped. Vaguely
0: yeah. man-shaped. Uh, he flies at incredibly high speeds, apparently, keeping keeping pace with cars on the road. Uh, this this Mothman with wings is really fast, and he has a very high-pitched shriek that he'll let out. Most notably, the Mothman, within the legends at least, typically ends up being seen or around during times right before, right during, or right after uh, tragic events. Uh, this can be loss of lives, or or uh, buildings collapsing, or or even as far as uh, the, the stories of the nine of nine eleven 11 that he was around. Apparently, right Mom, before. Mothman was at 9 11? There are. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But yes, uh, there there are reports that he was at 9 11. I can't. Guys. He probably works for the government.
2: I know. I know no one on a podcast can see our faces. But Alex, it wasn't like Alex was goofing. Alex was genuinely like. He was thrilled. He
0: got the answer. How did 9-11 happen? The mom I, I <laughs> leaned in
2: with a, with a smile on his face. <laughs> I've never seen anyone. I thought he was playing, but he wasn't like, playing.
1: Sometimes sometimes you just become very present. Like you, you suddenly realize what's what you're doing, what you're talking about, where you are, <laughs> what your life is. <laughs> And you just gotta. Sometimes you just gotta step back and enjoy the show. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just gotta repeat back things you like Mothman so, was at nine eleven.
2: You are so into that theory. <laughs> I just wanted be, to hear more. I I we will. I agree, just, I, I, pro, I, I can't I make wait.
0: A solemn vow, Alex. I can't wait we to hear about that. We will absolutely talk about that. It may be this episode. He was literally not. on the edge of his
1: seat. <laughs> you take have me, no clue. Take me to Point Pleasant, West Virginia, Mathis. Let's go. Let's go to t- Point Pleasant. Take Parton. me so there.
0: Where, <laughs> so that's the general physical description of the Mothman. But where does the Mothman come from, you might be asking? Where did the re- legend originate? Well, we have that answer. Point Pleasant, as Alex said, is where it all started, specifically with a man by the name of Kenneth Duncan. You see, Kenneth and four of his buddies were in the cemetery near Clendon, West Virginia, on November 12th, 1966. He and these four other men were digging Duncan's brother-in-law's grave, when something that, quote, looked like a brown human being buzzed by. The, uh, The four other men digging the grave, however, did not see this figure. So you can imagine, put yourself in Kenneth's mind, you dig in your brother-in-law's grave with four of your buddies drinking some beers like you always do, because what the hell else are you going to do out in West Virginia? And right. all of a sudden, this man with wings and glowing red eyes, clearly visible in the sky, just, like,
1: goes over. He swings he – sl- how fast are we talking?
0: Well, he lingers for about a minute, according to Kenneth. So – Give or take somewhere around there, he's moving around, hovering above them, watching them dig their brother's grave, probably saying, you know, it's not deep enough, go a little deeper for about a minute. Kenneth's the only one that sees him, and then he ends up taking off. Quote from another quote from Kenneth is, it was gliding through the trees and was in sight for about a minute. So this
1: wasn't like, whoa, did you see that? What was that? This was like, there was a thing that they were like, what the hell is that? What is that? They were like, Kenneth alone was like,
0: I see that thing. But the other four men did not. Kenneth was the sole witness of that happening.
1: So we, so what? what do you mean? So what? He didn't say anything. He just kept it to himself.
0: Yeah, he, they 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 didn't say uh, say anything. Whether he pointed it out or not, it's not made clear. But the only thing that we do know as a fact is Kenneth's the only one who saw it. The other four, when asked, were did not see this thing. That the like
1: they himself. were like, I don't know what you're talking about. This guy <laughs> said shit. I
0: mean, I mean, maybe maybe he was. He did a little he had you threw a couple back before he went out to the grave and he could have seen something that way but if that was the only case of seeing this creature around this time then we could write it off right kenneth just was smoking some dube, drank some some beers and dug a grave and he was, he was <laughs> that's what in. i
1: always do i like i like to light up on a friday go out to the graveyard
2: yeah.
0: just dig my brother a grave brother in law you can't be you don't want to be blood
1: right 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 right, right.
0: right. but then two days later On November 14th, 1966, roughly 90 minutes before the Scarberry and Millette sighting, which is a little bit later, uh, Merle Partridge ended up seeing it outside uh, in a field outside of his home. This is just two days after the first sighting.
1: Also in Point Pleasant.
0: Also uh, in Point Pleasant. Merle Partridge, also known as Newell Partridge in some books and papers, depending on where you read, a contractor said his television began acting like a generator. So I imagine loud buzzing, maybe even like staticking, causing... Uh, electricity i imagine what he means is like it sounds like a generator he doesn't like really shaking, and, 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 shaking and moving yeah like maybe okay a kind of noise
1: like a portable generator
0: yeah yeah okay uh and his dog a 350 german shepherd i like that 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 detail is weirdly specified it was a 350 german shepherd well, it's like Van in Pitt. the police
1: report they were like just in case anything fucking weird happens to this dog you better know it cost me 350 yeah, dollars i want my
0: 350 dollars um, his name was Bandit. He started uh, carrying on something terrible, which is a quote. Carrying on something terrible means, I imagine, uh, like, growling. He was carrying on. He
1: was barking. He, he was, was raising, yeah, a, exactly. raising a ruckus.
0: So what did uh, Merle do? Well, he shined his flashlight to the, the field near his home, and he saw uh, with eyes like red reflectors, which fits the Mothman description, and Bandit's hair immediately stood on end. So, you know, when a dog ruffles up and gets all pissed off, uh, and the dog went into the field to chase after it. And then bandit never returned and there was no sign of him the next morning he's just gone forever he ran into the field the dog chased after this thing he got all ruffled up and pissed and chased it and then he never never came back
1: after that damn
0: part quote it was about 10:30 that night and suddenly the tv blanked out a real fine herringbone pattern appeared on the tube and at the same time the set started a loud whining noise winding up too high uh, to a high pitch, peaking and breaking off as if you were on a musical scale and you went as high as you could and came back down and repeated it. It sounded like a generator winding up. It reminded me of a hand field generator that one might use for portable radio transmissions in emergency. Very specific, yeah. specific but I guess in 1966, when you live on a field, maybe you just have those things lying around. It's know.
1: probably like from his military or something. <clears throat> it's and wild that, was... that like I know what it is because I... Played a World War II video game.
0: Hey, man, video games are educational and they can teach you things, all right?
1: Yes, but let's be clear. They're not the same thing as going to war. That's not what I'm saying. No, no, God, no. (laughs) I don't
0: need to go to war. I played
1: Call of Duty. I am good on that. Advanced
0: warfare, actually, so you know. Yeah. But that's the end of his sighting. Literally, that's it. But his sighting, which is important to note before we get into the next one, is 100 miles away from the sighting we're about to get into, which was one day later.
1: I gotta say, so far, the the barn owl thing—it makes sense. It's like everything that has been described so far would fit a barn owl. Like, well, I mean, I don't know that much about barn owls. I don't know how, dude. Owls are what are we talking about though? Huge, like a man? Huge. If, maybe maybe you know, with here, the wings out, I like it could be saying, like yeah. It's dark out.
0: The wings are out. Your depth perception might not be great, and this giant thing with reflecting reflecting eyes, which is probably just catching the light of your flashlights or whatever, is flying over. I imagine that would be
2: horrifying to see if you don't know what the hell you're looking at. Also, the very first image of what the Mothman, I, like the first drawing of what the Mothman looks like, if you go look at it, mm-hmm. um, it the looks very sketch much. Sketch you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. It looks yeah, yeah. very much like. Uh, A bird sort of hunched over with its wings and, like, neck, like, sort of down. Mm -hmm. It's like
1: like, uh, that thing from Looney Tunes, uh, the red thing. Except, except
2: this, instead of being just one, you know, big monster, it is clearly, it looks like the shape of a bird that has its wings, like, up and, and, like, it's sort of perched there. And it has eyes sort of in the middle of its chest because, you know, birds can, like, do that head sink thing. Right. It seems to, like, okay, I can see how that could be an owl. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah, at night, and like from perspective, it can also be the guy from Looney Tunes who's just fur and hands. Agreed. And like my initial impression is usually the same, and I think
0: for the most part you could probably attribute most of these sightings. But my goal is to present some evidence or some sightings that may leave you wondering if there's a little more to it than we first believe. But let's get to the Scarberry and Millette sighting again. This is uh, the next day, a hundred miles away from the from the sighting from the previous night. November 15th, 1966, just after midnight with police called at 2 a.m. So the police were called for this.
1: So this is the third sighting in three days in like a pretty close area. Four
0: days. So the 12th, then two Oh, there's days a day skipped. I four- see. Yeah, exactly. There was a there was a day that was skipped in between. Not, not necessarily that matters all that much, but it's important. Um, this happened in the TNT area. The TNT area is the Mc- uh, McClintic Wildlife Management Area. Again, another area where you'd probably see a lot of owls, right? located in Mason County, about five miles north of Point Pleasant. It sits on 3,655 acres, uh, of which 1,775 is mixed hardwood forest, 1,100 is brushland, and 600 is farmland, and 180 is wetland, containing about 26 or so ponds. It's called the TNT area because during World War II, more than 8,000 acres in the area were devoted to an ammunitions manufacturing facility. The explosives were housed in bunkers called igloos scattered throughout the area covered in a layer of earth. It was largely abandoned after the war, as most things are, and converted into a wildlife management area and landfill. Now, this is going to be important to just lock that in your head that this was once a military area. In the 1980s, it was discovered that the land was severely contaminated by explosive products and was added to a list of federal sites eligible for cleanup. In May 2010, just to fast forward, one of the igloos containing uh, one of the igloos containing twenty thousand pounds of unstable material exploded, and luckily nobody was injured.
1: So Maybe it's like was- a Godzilla owl. You ever think about that? A Godzilla? Like like yeah, it's Mothra like Mothra an man. owl. It's like an owl that was like chilling and then one day it got into some ooze, and right, then all yeah, of a exactly. sudden it's a big ass owl that looks like gossamer from Looney Tunes. <laughs> exactly or man but now oh, i would love to see that in like a movie a big ass okay. owl yeah dude like a big ass owl monster. i know this is a tangent but i'm gonna tell this story real quick my dad oh, yeah, to try. this day my dad to this day swears because we i live in i live i grew up in san pedro it's close to palos verdes it's coastal it's like beautiful like seaside cliffs looks like kind of like big Sur or the south of france or something like that and uh <clears throat> he swears this day he was running along a path uh And he like heard a sound in the bushes, and he looked, and in a clearing there was an owl just like wiped out, chilling, laying on the ground, just like a huge owl, the biggest bird he's ever seen, just kind of like wings Ooh. spread too, and everything, Ooh. yeah, like like wiped out, <laughs> like, like taking a breather, it just imagine Ooh.
0: this dramatic owl with his wings and over his head, like you had it, just oh dear, oh my, I'm so exhausted,
1: he said it was he said it was. F- like surprisingly big like bigger than you would imagine so i you know Dude, I, could I could see this i could see this so
0: the scarberries and the mallets linda and roger scarberry were were a married couple aged 19 and 18 respectively sometime after the events of in point pleasant incidents linda and roger divorced and uh linda remained the only one of the four willing to talk about the events until her death in 2011 and appeared in many of the interviews and documentaries that you could see about the mothman to this day uh Friends with the Scarberry, Steve and Mary Millette were another married couple, so that rounds up the four. So you've got Linda, Roger, Steve, and Mary all in the same place when this happens.
1: Isn't that what the? Isn't that the the characters from the movie are based on?
0: I've never seen the movie.
1: Oh, Mathis, you I gotta watch that movie. movie.
0: Have you not seen Mathis? Because it came out at a time. When did it come out? Nineties, mid nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, 98, so I was
1: 97. Like 12, 13 That wasn't Mathis. Engaged. I just, I'm surprised. I'm surprised because you're like totally the guy who I would think would have seen the Mothman movie. Yeah, I never saw it. Because the weird thing about that movie is it's not like a horror movie. It's like a, it's like a telling of the events. And I know, it's, what, I, know it's, I know, it's, I know it's fictionalized, but I, I think it, like this, this encounter might. Well, it's based on a book that
0: was written in '75, I believe. Yes. Yeah. 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 Which is also kind of exaggerated, from my understanding.
1: Yeah, it's definitely um, been like blockbuster movied.
0: Oh, of up. course. Yeah. I, re- I remember because my parents went to go see it, and I remember them talking about it to the point where I, re- like, I was cognitively cognitively aware of what Mothman was at that age, and I knew it was spooky, but that was it. Um, so, on to the sighting. The Scarberries and the Millettes were out joyriding in Roger's 1957 Chevy, riding around in style. Steve was the first person to see the supposed creature. Its eyes reflected in the headlights, and pointed it out to the and he pointed it out to the others they described the creature as a gray man-like a gray man figure with wings that wobbled as though it couldn't keep its balance. Now, first of all, this, if it's a gray, it's a possible alien. But we'll talk about
1: that later. You think that because it was gray.
0: I'm just saying if it had gray skin. Okay, all right. If it had gray skin, yeah, potential I, gray experiment. That's, that
1: is the same color as some of the aliens that we've heard of.
0: <laughs> Specifically,
1: grays. the grays. Yeah. Seeing
0: the creature... The couples drove off on route 62. They saw the creature next on a billboard where it spread its wings and flew straight up. It began to follow them gliding back and forth across the back of the car. So imagine how creepy is that? Even if it's just a freaking owl, you see this thing on the road. It's wobbling. You're like, F this. They, they get off the road. They drive in and then the billboard that comes up, God, maybe 15 minutes later, there's that same thing they believe on the on the billboard. They drive by it and they look in the rearview mirror and they can see in the window this thing following them and just sweeping back and forth, back and forth.
1: Dude, somebody did that to me in a car one time when I was like in the middle of the night. They like hit me on the five freeway. They didn't hit me, but they like came up behind me on the five freeway in a car with no lights on and they were like weaving back and forth behind oh, me. And then all of a sudden they turn their lights on like full high and just like sped off like. You know, like at 120 miles an hour, it was so crazy. That's
0: That would scare the hell out of me.
1: Yeah. I would scare the hell out of me.
0: So as it began to follow them, they said they were driving around, as they were just trying to get away from this thing super scared, they said they were driving around 100 miles per hour. Wild. But the creature, but the creature was easily keeping up, even reportedly scratching the top of the car. So not only was this thing able to keep up going 100 miles an hour, it was literally clawing at the car just... It's like right out of a horror movie. You're just driving and this this winged creature is just scraping at you. That's the worst. That is wild. Mary Millette specifically
1: said it squeaked like a big mouse. That makes it like a lot less intimidating. Yeah. But still, <laughs> I mean, I bet you it sounded awful at the time, like like big old yeah. like monster. Like,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. I would be like, no. <laughs> what? What? Like
1: it doesn't matter like the fact that it's not like ra you know like the fact that it's like uh like fucked up like weird squeak is like it's like more upsetting because like you wouldn't expect it to be like ya yeah, ya yeah, ya yeah, ya yeah. like outside the car like scratching what at you and stuff.
0: Mouse makes a ya yeah, ya yeah, ya yeah, that yeah, noise. Okay,
1: okay, okay, okay. I know that sounds stupid. But if Isn't you imagine LA just like a magical no, place full No, of just just, just okay, just think about what happens when a person gets big, right? They're like yo, what's up, dude? And so if a mouse gets big, right, it goes from being like <makes noise> to being like. <laughs> Jesse's losing his mind right now. It's just a matter of it's just it's just facts. It
2: checks out. It checks out. It's just it flawless. It's just facts, man. Oh, yo, all at right. First I was like, where are you going with this? But now. <laughs> now that he explained it, it makes perfect it's,
1: sense. Everything I do is based in fact.
0: All right, let's get back <laughs> into the game. All right, these guys are driving 100 miles an hour, scratching, yeah, 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 following them, <laughs> terrifying. And then the group considered going to the police after this happened. Eventually, the thing ended up veering off, and, and they got away from it. They eventually, just left. I would alone. have
1: driven directly to the fucking police station. Are you kidding Again, it's me? That,
0: it's that problem where all people who encounter something haunted or paranormal is what they always do. They just go home. That's like, the time right. that
1: you need the cops. That's the time. Especially Not if something's th- chasing you and flying and scratching your car. That's the time to go. Not for them.
0: Not for them. Anyway, so they considered going to the police, but feared they would be laughed at if there, was, uh, if there was no proof. As they were heading back into town, they reportedly saw a large dead dog on the side of the road. And the creature once again flew over them and glided into the field on the other side of the road. Now, there's speculation that this particular dog on the side of the road. Oh,
1: that it's the, bandit.
0: That it's bandit.
1: Oh that the, the, my gosh. The
0: dead dog is bandit.
1: That's like movie what? level exposition though. That can't what? be. That's like it, when the goat leg lands on the car in uh, Jurassic Park. That's like that <laughs> level of like cinematic storytelling. No they, 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 way. It's,
0: it's important to know that there was going to be they 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 they, they their, their, their body was gone before an inspection could take place. So when they eventually went back to that area, the bo- the dog's body was gone. But that could just be wildlife running up, taking a free meal, and just taking off with it. Right. Uh, any of that stuff. But, I mean, it's interesting to think about if, if the night before, a dog disappeared. The night after, this thing's back, and now there's a dead dog on the side of the road. No doubt. Who knows? Um, once back in town, however, the group told their story to, the, to Deputy Millard Halstead, who, seeing their terror, decided to investigate. So, the couples drove back to the TNT area with the deputy in tow, who shined a spotlight around. Afterwards, the couples went to the Scarsberry's trailer and stayed up all night with the lights on. Clearly, the deputy didn't see anything, there was nothing to be seen, Um, and so they ended up going home. That I can understand, I probably wouldn't be able to sleep that night either. I'd be too terrified, flip the lights on, be done with it. Though the deputy did not see the creature, he did report strange static disturbances on his radio with no explanation. Which fits with the first story or the, uh, the earlier story with TV the TV situation and all that other stuff. So we're interference. See, yeah. yeah. we're starting to see common threads running through physically and supernaturally with electrical components. During the day, the couples went back out to the TNT area and described footprints the, that they found like quote, two horseshoes put together, but smooth. Steve says he saw something fly up inside a boiler when he kicked a door open but he was the only one to, do, to, to see anything before they all fled the area.
1: A boiler?
0: Yeah, I'm assuming they were checking out an area, clicked open a boiler to see if there's anything in there, and whatever was in there flew up and out.
1: Are they, like, is, am I supposed to imagine that in the TNT area, they're, like, going in and out of, like, military buildings that are abandoned? I
0: imagine so. Everything's abandoned. They're probably exploring. Maybe it's a place. They're teenagers. They're 18, 19 years <coughs> old. I bet you this place back in 66, this is where you go drink and make out. Right right this is where you go to have a good time
1: and get irradiated and get irradiated
0: by twenty thousand pounds of unstable explosives
1: two horseshoes put together but smooth sounds like a like a dance step like a little thing you flop out on the floor you know what i'm talking about sounds (laughs) like a cartoon like goofy shaped footprint like a peanut
0: yeah yeah i guess yeah that makes sense but that, you know, that's like a, that doesn't even fit anything. Like that, that footprint that they supposedly saw doesn't even fit anything.
1: It's like not consistent with any other story.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, no, that, that's that's consistent with other stories. I'm just thinking wildlife wise, like what would that match? I don't know.
1: That's what? true. Like a dude with shoes on, like a dude yeah. with like super round shoes on maybe.
0: So those are our initial four sightings that really lay out uh, and kind of gave us uh, as Americans and, and just people in this country and an idea of what. This is the first time the Mothman ever really made himself known, at least in this fashion. Now we get to the disaster that followed his appearance.
2: Well, 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 before we start this, though. All right. We haven't even mentioned where the Mothman comes from. Would you like to, Jesse? I would love to. Back in the 60s, (laughs) when Point Pleasant and all that stuff was like, you know, being creepy. People were like, "Hey, there's this thing out there. We don't know what this is. Something's out there. They have a drawing of it." The newspaper originally wanted to refer to him as the Batman, mm-hmm. but during this time, there was the, like the Batman, you know, hype over the TV stuff and all that, and so they didn't want to name him Batman. So the next best thing they come up with was Mothman. Mothman.
1: <laughs> they were like, "He kind of yeah. looks like a moth." Yeah.
2: That's honestly, they were like, honestly, originally going to be Batman.
1: I think the reason that he's so famous now is because that's like a fucking scary name.
2: Right. It man. has alliteration. Alliteration yeah. is the scariest thing on earth.
1: It's just a fucked up name. I'm just saying. Like, it's it's man. a, it makes you like whatever you hear when you hear the math, the mothman, the math uh, man, uh, whenever you hear, whenever you hear the math man, yeah, I don't Spoof want to meet the math bands. man, the number devil. Uh, <laughs> no, but. You know, like, immediately you hear Mothman, you're going to think of something scary, like, no matter what. So it, right, it, yeah, it, it's, it it's a great, like, PR move for for this creature, for this cryptid.
0: Well, we're actually, you know, that the newspaper article and stuff, we're actually going to get into that, because these disasters are what end up kicking this whole thing into gear, and really creating a, a national awareness of what this particular creature is. And, uh, you know, maybe, and it's even possible that the collective consciousness of all these people... Just thinking that the Mothman is real is the reason that we're even starting to see the, the, the Mothman around the world in the first place. Perception, <laughs> reality, they're intertwined, baby. The Silver Bridge Disaster. The Silver Bridge, which, uh, which opened on May 30th, 1928 and connected Point Pleasant, West Virginia to Galapolis, Ohio over the Ohio River was officially named the Point Pleasant Bridge. But people began to call it the Silver Bridge because of its aluminum paint. It was the brainchild of a one Dr. Charles Holzer physician and surgeon who felt that getting to patients without the bridge was too difficult, which I mean, I imagine swimming through that frickin river to tend to your patients would be obnoxious.
1: There's a million reasons to put a bridge across a river between two cities.
0: <laughs> but this particular doctor was the one who yeah. did it. He got it done and that's all that matters.
1: I'd be like, yeah, sounds good. I'll vote on this. And in fact, in the
0: book, The Silver Bridge Disaster of uh, 1967 said, some patients actually died waiting for help simply because the doctor could not reach them in time. After a particularly dangerous crossing, Dr. Holtzer decided the action needed to be taken. So people were actually losing their lives because their doctor just couldn't cross a river to get to them. This bridge was hugely, hugely important. A little bit about the construction, the history of this bridge. Uh... In the in the book, To Forgive Design Understanding Failure, Dr. Henry Petrowski, the, the Alexander S. Vizic Professor of Civil Engineering at Duke University, relates the construction of the bridge, which began in 1926. It was to be built with a familiar combination of steel wire and cables and distinct stiffening troughs. But the American Bridge Company proposed a less expensive alternative of chains of eye bars. Now, this is all going to sound really boring, but I promise these minute details are very important. Um... The eye bars, 50 feet long, one foot wide, and two inches thick, would be, quote, linked together bicycle chain style with steel pins to form the main part of the suspension system.
1: This is a big ass bridge. This is like a fully big ass, like not like a bridge over a a stream. That's a bridge over troubled waters. Yeah, this has like many, many, this is like a long, big, heavy bridge.
0: It is a big boy bridge. Yeah. The suspension chains also doubled in some places at the top as the quote top cord of trusses that stiffened the roadway, a system that had not previously been used in the United States. Altogether, uh, 1,460 of common links served as a top cord of trusses and suspension chains. The bridge was the first in the country to use heat treated steel, which had a strength of unprecedented at the time, 120,000 PSI. So this is not even, this is not a shitty bridge either. This thing has been, this is well, well, well made. Dr. Petrosky explained, because links of such steel could carry more load relative to their their own weight, the bridge itself would be lighter and thus less costly, uh, a less costly structure. Since the bridge towers were not rigidly fixed on their piers, but rocked back and forth in response to slight changes in cable pull, the bridge tended to sway a little bit. The bridge was 2,230 feet long, with a 700-foot main span and two 380-foot wide, uh, two 380-foot side spans. Tracy Brown, the bridge engineer for District One of West Virginia Department of Transportation, said the system was quote, "so overdesigned" unquote, that the engineers probably thought that it would never fail.
2: Sounds a little like the Titanic.
0: In kind of my mind, when they are you saying s-
2: the Mothman was on the Titanic? The Mothman caused the Titanic. Was dude? it even
1: the Titanic though?
2: Oh, do uh, you God. ever think about that? Do you ever
1: think about maybe the Mothman? The SS
2: Mothmanic. Maybe the Mothman didn't even need to show episode up. episode about that, maybe, maybe. Look
1: do you, you, think, do you think he shows up at fake disasters? Fake disasters. Is
0: he the reason he's a disaster?
1: Yeah. you ever think about that? Mm. Hmm.
0: Now, most sources reported that the bridge cost a whopping 1.2 million, but a 1928 financial report of the American Bridge Company listed the expenses closer to 900,000. Still pretty expensive, though, especially for 1928. If anybody wants to do the quick conversion math and let me know how much that is in modern money, let me know. In
1: 1928, bar- it was almost a million. Nine hundred thousand
0: dollars. Damn. That's- it's a lot. Despite this, it was an economic boon for Point Pleasant, and during its opening year, six hundred eighty-five people crossed the bridge each day. By nineteen sixty-seven, the year of the collapse, vehicle crossings had risen to nine thousand four hundred.
1: It's like uh, like thirteen and a half million dollars.
0: Yeah, that's insane. That's a lot of money. And in 1941, the bridge was renovated. Its original wooden plank roadway was stripped away and replaced with a steel grid filled in with concrete. That seems like it would be
1: way heavier.
0: Right? Ten years later, the bridge was inspected, but according to Dr. Petrowski, subsequent inspections were of, quote, varying thoroughness, unquote.
1: Varying thoroughness is like something a company tells you when they don't want to admit they fucked up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, or they're just like, they're supposed to send a team of 12, but they send one dude. And it's just Charlie who's 65 years old and drunk on the job every single time.
1: Varying thoroughness.
0: Yeah, that's not a good quote. That's not something you want to hear about your
1: bridge read, Never read inspection logs on your elevators, guys. It'll freak you the fuck out. (laughs)
0: Oh, God, don't do that. No, please, God, don't. I hate elevators enough as it is. They scare me. Tracy Brown added the inspections were often conducted by people with other primary jobs. Done at a distance with binoculars and did not focus on structural integrity. Whoa. So these guys show up in town, like you the the inspectors, like, well, actually, like, I just cleaned shit, but they needed somebody, so they gave me some binoculars, and I'm just gonna look at it.
1: I feel like 15 people should have went to jail for this, at least.
0: <laughs> at least. So, the collapse itself. The Silver Bridge collapsed officially on Friday, December 15th, 1967, at... Military time 1658, which is 13, 14, 15, 4, almost 5 o'clock in the
1: afternoon. Damn, that's like rush hour on a Friday at Christmas time.
0: Damn. Bursting, Bursting with end-of-the-work-week traffic, as well as people shopping for the holiday season, with Christmas less than two weeks away. Because it fell only nine minutes before sunset, rescue efforts were further stymied. One witness described the event by saying, It... Just dropped out of the sky.
1: Good so literally, lord.
0: People are driving around and then the bridge without warning just was boom crashed.
1: Just gone. That would be awful. I can't even I would like fall apart if I saw that happen. Dude,
0: I again, I was in L.A., you know, seeing you guys not too long ago and just driving on the highways that are so freaking high up scares the hell out of me. Yeah, like, it's wild. If that shit collapsed. <laughs> it would just be the worst nightmare.
1: Yeah, I bet you just uh, like cars got bigger too. like over uh, yeah. over the years, like
0: cars got bigger, heavier. The bridge was being inspected by just schlubs sent over to inspect it with binoculars. They replaced like
1: wood with like concrete and steel Metal filled with concrete. Yeah, yeah
0: it, it's just a general mess. A total of 64 people fell into the river during the collapse. 46 of them perished. 37, of them, 37 of them drowning. Nine of trauma. Wow! Just wounds and in that kind of thing.
1: God Survivors, damn.
0: ironically, were taken to the hospital named after Charles Holzer. the man the bridge was done was made because. Thirty-eight vehicles were on the bridge when it fell. Twenty-four of them fell into the river, seven onto the bank, and seven remained safe on the bridge uh, on the bridge approaches, which did not end up collapsing. So it's just whoa! The
1: center of the bridge Can you imagine? Can you imagine being, sitting being like there
0: on that, heading your way over? I got to go see the dock. You know, I got a cold and you just and the bridge and just, oh, honey, do you do you feel that <clears throat> the whole thing just collapsed.
1: the bridge is just gone? Oh, my
0: God. Horrifying. Survivor Charlene Wood was one of the lucky few who remained on the bridge approaches and recounted her experience in the in the book, The Silver Bridge Disaster. Quote, she says it was like someone had lined up dominoes in a row and gave them a push. And there was a great big splash of water. I could see car car lights flashing as they tumbled into the water.
1: The car in front of me went in. Then, there was silence. The car in front of me went in? <gasps> that is, that, can you, I, I'm like thinking about this too hard. This is like freaking me yeah, you're out. You're like in, you're like in the moment. I, right, well, here's the thing. Little, little known fact about me. I fucking hate suspension bridges. I do. Oh, dude, I did not know that actually. So I now can't, me. I cannot, I don't like being on them. I don't like doing anything. Fuck Why? the baby. What about
2: them scares you?
1: I, it's, it's like, it's irrational fear. It's just like, uh, the, just the visual of being on the bridge fucks me up because you can't see anything. It just seems like you're like flying basically. Do, do planes scare you, Alex? No, no, not hmm. like this. I don't get the same feeling. Wait, I, what? I don't, I don't get, I don't get the same feeling from a plane. It's not like a heights thing. It's like a vertigo type thing like it feels not right only
2: on suspension bridges yeah like if it's like a
1: little bridge it's fine and i you know i don't like really being on any bridge but the suspension bridges are the worst because they're usually the biggest and longest of the bridges
2: so going into san francisco by car freaks you out then
1: the bay bridge sucks and uh it's even worse now it's like even scarier because it's like all futuristic now and the golden gate bridge is one of the worst like it's so beautiful it's like so picturesque but for me i i because i'm always the guy who's driving too it's just like i have to I get all quiet and stuff i hate i hate driving over bridges this is like my worst nightmare
0: well wow as far what? as i can tell you're qualified to inspect them at least so
1: i have a pair of binoculars i do own a you pair so i can look at the bridge with them if that's what the job is <laughs> Jesse's, like, I'm taking notes. I'm learning
2: so much about you today. Yeah, just, like... My bridge fear?
1: I mean, like, I would still do it. Like, I still go over the bridges. I just, like, don't enjoy being on bridges. Does anybody sure. really enjoy driving over a bridge? I don't. I genuinely
0: don't. I don't really have a paralyzing fear of them, but it's definitely an uncomfortable feeling. So how? But I also inflate afraid of flying. I hate flying.
1: So how soon... So how, how soon after... The sightings. So this, the sightings took place in November, mid November,
0: 1966. The bridge collapsed late December, 1967. So it's like about a year and a month. About a year or so. Okay. Before it all went down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So, I mean, that's still, that's a decent kind of, that's a decent chunk of time to pass. There's no doubt about it. Um, Despite first responders and volunteers arriving on the scene quickly, only five survivors are pulled from the water. Because the darkness and cold temperatures, because this, again, this happened at night, because the, the uh, right about night, 5 o'clock, um, 21 degrees Fahrenheit with, wa- with water temperatures in the low 40s. Um, and if you want to convert it to Celsius, you're looking at minus 6 with water temperatures uh, near 4, four degrees. Uh, made recovery of any of these people very difficult. Uh, like, you know, if it, if it just had happened an hour earlier, we'd be in a much better spot.
1: That is the f- next
0: day... Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No,
1: that's I'm just still just talking to myself that's about so how fucked up this that's is. That's like,
0: I mean, that's like drowning in just the river in your car. It just sounds awful. Poor, poor, poor people.
1: Yeah. The
0: next day, the only things that remained of the Silver Bridge were the piers, the approaches, a bit of twisted metal, substantial, <coughs> excuse me, substantial debris on the Ohio side of the river, and a dangerous underwater maze of bridge uh, of bridge wreckage that had to be cut before it could be removed from the water. Cars crushed flat by debris were loaded onto derrick boats and coal barges to be pulled from the river. Crews managed to recover most of the bridge parts and laid them out in sequence across a 27-acre section of pasture on the Ohio side of the river. There was an investigation thereafter, which, you know, of course there needed to be one, and the president at the time was Lyndon Johnson. He authorized an investigation into the collapse of the bridge, as well as promising to plan a new bridge and assess bridge safety across the country. So this, this one incident set a whole country's wide sweeping kind of, uh, bridge safety inspections to just happen across the U S true. But where is the mothman come in soon? The investigation conducted by the national transportation safety board considered reasons such as sabotage, tower failure, vehicle collision, scour, which, uh, is bridge erosion caused by the sediment and fast moving water and wind failure, uh, the diagnosis was it was discovered that i bar number 330 out of fourteen uh, hundred and sixty on the north side of the bridge had failed due to one eighth of an inch cleavage fracture caused by manufacturing imperfection that had become coated in rust, as well as the growing weight of cars and trucks from the 1920s to the 1960s. Exactly. A little extra said.
1: traffic, a little extra traffic, a little extra weight
0: on a bridge I'm that's curious. not used to it. I imagine, too, like the whole thing was caused by a one eighth inch cleavage fracture. Like that's so insanely tiny. But I do wonder if they had done proper bridge inspections, if uh, if they would have caught
1: that. I mean, they probably would have found the rust at the very least.
0: Yeah, true, true. Three years after the collapse, the investigation final report assigned no blame to the bridge designers on the basis that, quote, stress and corrosion uh, fatigue were not known to occur in the classes of bridge material used under conditions of exposure normally encountered in rural areas. Dr. Petrowski had a different opinion. The failure was rooted in a design that inadvertently made inspection all but impossible and failure all but inevitable. The book also noted that similar corrosion cracks are found on other eyebars as well, so not just one. Hmm. The, the effects of the tragedy was President, uh, President Johnson vowed the federal government would replace the bridge within two years. And on the two-year anniversary of the tragedy, the Silver Memorial Bridge was opened. And the Silver Memorial Bridge was opened 1.5 miles south of the original, so not in the same spot. The Mothman, however, after the famous Scarberry and Millet experience, sightings continued for years and stopped immediately after... The collapse of the Silver Bridge.
1: So it was like a year. So they went on for like a year.
0: The 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 sightings continued on ever since, and only stopped short <clears throat> immediately after the bridge. This, along with the 1975 release of John Keel's "The Mothman Prophecies," correlated the sightings with the collapse. There are various points of view for this particular scenario. Some think that the Mothman caused the collapse, bolstered by alleged sightings on the day of the collapse. Okay. Some think, <clears throat> some think the promise of tragedy attracted the Mothman, as if the creature somehow fed on the event and the loss of life and the bridge falling. Some think he was trying to warn people of the Point Pleasant, uh, the Point Pleasant disaster and the bridge collapse. All of these to say that while there are multiple different reasons for why people believe that Mothman was around. The sightings continued, and it was the co- the combination of the collapse of this bridge, the sightings leading up to it, and then eventually the book written about it that caused the the Mothman phenomena to kind of explode across the United States as it was.
1: So it was like a best selling book.
0: the 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 Mothman book, uh, the 1975 book that was written, the Mothman Prophecies, which the movie's based on, was
1: hugely popular. And people just got like version. hype about it, huh? They loved it. God damn, that's when so, we needed the internet right there. Right? At that right moment. Then. Yeah.
0: So so that little package of 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 events, uh, the the bridge collapse, the the four sightings prior to it and the the sightings inter- intermittent kind of gives you the idea of where the Mothman comes from in the US. But we're going to rewind time even further now.
2: What? We're, we're going to go to the 1800s baby Get and out of maybe town. even more no. because No, are you about to tell me there's Native American Mothman sightings? Damn right, buddy.
1: Damn what? right. Damn right. This is like Twin Peaks. Yeah. Down Here we go.
0: we we oh, Alien humanoid boy. sightings are not something that's uh, unique to the Mothman by any stretch. And y- avian humanoid sightings around tragedies is also not unique to the Mothman.
1: What the fuck? Okay. All right. Let's. Here we uh, right, go. Let's hit some. Let's hit some. Let me bring you back.
0: Crimean War monstrosities, Russia, What? eighteen fifty four to eighteen fifty six. What? C- Crimean War monstrosities.
2: Are oh, you baby. telling me, buckle the Are you telling me that Mothman's from the old country? <laughs> he moved to the he moved to the U S. and let's say like the twenties. Maybe he's from a force he's like, of nature. I to get out of here.
0: Well, there, yeah, they're, they're, the Mothman is is could be. It's it's interesting because the Mothman could be cl- connected to many different things. We're going to get through some of those. So, the Crimean War was a conflict that lasted in October from 1853 to 1856 between Britain, France, Turkey, and, uh, and Sardinia against Russia over Russia's expansion into the Turkish-controlled Danube region, a Turkish holy region. We're not gonna go massively into detail about all this. I'm sure Jesse knows all about this. The stuff. Danube. Dan. I, I'm Dan- I, I say I say Danube. The D-A-N-U-B-E.
2: D- yeah. Oh.
0: Sounds do you want to give us a the quick Danube. history res-
2: lesson? I don't know. It just sounds dirty right. to me. I like it. Oh, it just sounds
0: dirty. Okay. After a brutal six-day battle, the companies realized the next day would be March 15th. Ooh, the Ides of March, which is considered unlucky, uh, and decided to enact a truce for the day. In the night, a contingent of five soldiers, the Russians asserted they were Turkish, while the Turkish forces forces asserted that they were Russian snuck across enemy lines to initiate a surprise attack to take place after midnight, still embracing the spirit of the truce. So they were literally waiting for midnight and they were just going to slaughter the truce. Just five dudes? Five dudes were going to sneak across These glorious ladies.
1: bastards. Yeah. yeah.
0: While they were crossing the battlefield, both sides report seeing large, shadowy flying creatures, though they differ a bit depending on who you ask. The Turkish story is that five Russian soldiers, including two brothers, crept across enemy lines using lantern lights from their own camps as markers. Darkness descended and the soldiers looked up to see a gigantic, headless, crow-like animal flying in tight circles overhead. Transfixed by the flying creature, the group lost their bearings and tried to re-enter their own camp by mistake. The posted guards fired on their own men, killing three instantly, while while one of the brothers held the other in his dying moments. After, he was forced to use his brother's corpse as a shield from the hail of bullets. Okay. On the Russian side, the story goes as such. The invading soldiers were Turkish, and the Russian guards on duty reported seeing uniforms, including robes and turbans. The guards reported being startled by five Turkish soldiers shrieking headlong into the camp from the pitch-black battlefield. Aiming at what they thought were enemy soldiers, the Russian sentries saw a gigantic swarm of bat-like creatures pursuing the Turks as they ran. And that was the only encounter the Russians had that night. Whichever story is true, or simply less untrue as the case may be, the Turks launched an extreme retaliation the next day. (sighs) Regardless, both sides saw something. The question is, what
1: did they see? So they no both concrete. so they so they they both had these stories separately. They both had
0: stories. They saw something slightly different, but they were both aviation in in aviation creatures or It avi- seems it stories.
1: seems like they saw something.
0: Yes. The the Turkish said they saw something and the Russians said they saw something. It's just what they saw was different. The Turkish are the ones that saw the big flying creature overhead and then the Russians said they saw the Turks being chased off by a swarm of bat-like creatures. That so is... the stories differ, but point is they saw something. What's the tragedy?
1: Just like war.
0: Well, the the tragedy is that the Turks killed their own men, and a brother ended up dying in another brother's arms, and then was forced to use his brother's
1: corpse as a shield. I mean, personal, I, that, small, that, smaller scale. Yeah, that's, that's a terrible story, but it doesn't seem on par with like the worst thing no, I can imagine happening. Yeah,
0: <clears throat> correct. Whichever, like you said, uh, we don't know what what story is true if any of them are true, but there are some theories. No concrete evidence exists of the sighting, and even though the day is specific, it could have taken place during one of two sieges in the Crimean War. One, given that the original story alludes to the bloodiest battle in the war, it could be during the Siege of Sevastopol, which lasted from October 17th, 1854 to September 9th, 1855, and included the Battle of Bal- Balaklava. Balaklava? Is I say that? I apologize. Balaklava? Balaklava. Yeah, Balaklava. October 25th in 1854. Although oh, no, baklava is very good. I know. I'm, I'm just thinking food. <laughs> Agreed by most historians to be the worst battle of the conflict. The timeline also aligns with the siege of Caliphate, an unsuccessful siege of the Ottoman outpost of Caliphate by the Russian forces. It lasted from February to May of 1854. The story could have two possible and very natural explanations as well. the large uh, The large creature that the Turkish story speaks of... Could simply be a vulture flying in circles around a battlefield sure. of the dead, Makes which sense. would make sense. Yeah, but if the Russian story holds true, it could simply be a swarm of average bats distorted by soldiers prowling in the darkness, where maybe the the group of them looked like one large creature instead of a bunch of other creatures.
2: Hmm. So Still, I feel like maybe if you go with the legend, then because right, the legend of all of this is that the Mothman brings both ill tidings and a warning, right? Right. So, like, whenever the Mothman shows up, you know something's about to go down, and it's also kind of a warning. So I feel like this fits in with the legend, at least, that there is a Mothman during the Crimean War who warns these guys who go out in the middle of the night, like, don't you be doing this. There's a peace treaty. It could end badly for you. And then something goes wrong. right? That's, like, the way this legend goes. So I think it, like, even for story's sake, fits in with the legend. Yeah. Now we're going to shift again.
0: Time pushes onward to the early 19, well, the mid 1920s. No longer in Russia, Crimea. Instead, we're now in China. What? That's right.
2: do The legend like... of the
0: Mandragon. Mandragon? Exists. The Mandragon.
1: Not Trogdor either. See, they don't have, see, there was no Mandragon comic book character at the time, so they could go with the first cool name they thought of. Instead right. of being man dragon moth
0: dragon <laughs> man instead of man, <laughs> moth.
1: man moth dude
0: <laughs> on the afternoon of January 19th 1926 the Zian uh, the, I'm gonna, okay I'm going to butcher Chinese names I apologize profusely Jean the ZNT John Jean T. John Dam John T. Dam John T. Dam is that he said it's it? a dam
1: right it's a dam.
0: So yeah, the, well, yeah. The T though. Did you say the Jantee? T. Okay, Jean
2: T. Yeah, you can Jante it.
0: She's a dope She's a dope genie. Yeah. Uh, the the Jante Dam suffered a massive structural failure and sent over 40 million gallons of water into the farming villages below. It's just like the
2: bridge! Th- and the Mothman showed up, and he was like, Guys, you're gonna yeah, want to move. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna yeah. want to go. You're right. <laughs> so perspe- foolish. His real voice is... Hey everyone, uh, Mothman here. I really <laughs> need you all to get out of here and move very quickly. This is gonna break. But what we hear is yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, amongst amongst Mothman,
1: he sounds like H. John Benjamin, but like he to our like right, to John. our untrained ears.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, for perspective on how much water that is, an Olympic swimming pool holds less than a million gallons. Less Yo. Than a million. And this was forty million. Many of the villages were entirely destroyed, and the estimated death toll was to be around 15,000 people so, dead. So
1: this is a much worse disaster.
0: This is the, the worst so far. Yeah. The worst so far by a long shot. But before all of that went down, according to witnesses, a shadowy winged figure was seen hovering over the dam in the days leading up to the failure. Oh, damn. Those who saw it and survived the collapsed dubbed it the Man Dragon. This particular event is very difficult to find any corroborating evidence on, though, because there's no freaking articles or books or anything pertaining only to the destruction of the dam without connection to the sightings can be without uh, connection to the sightings of this man dragon.
1: Because of uh, this is, be- this of is like because Mao. all
0: hard evidence was destroyed in the communist regime of, of China, uh, leaving us with only the eyewitness te- testimonies that have been passed down since.
1: Damn.
0: So all all, all knowledge of it was destroyed uh, in the years leading. Uh, following unfortunately that's all we have of that story that's like that,
1: straight up like a mothman story from china in the 20s
0: yeah that's exactly what that is
1: the other one the other one like. is like yes like they probably saw something because there's two corroborating stories but this one mm-hmm. it's like the mothman was in china like that's wild yes
0: that's exactly how it sounds again eyewitnesses you can only take it with a grain of salt of course but it again it drowned tragedy water weirdly enough another shift this time Cornwall, 19, uh,
2: 1926 to
0: 1995. What? The Cornwall, baby.
2: It's almost like the Mothman either is everywhere at once or people see what they want to see. It's wild. <laughs> or he's traveling. Are you- and these are like, much like Jesus is missing 30 years. This is what the Mothman has been doing before he came to America. This is this like is the like Santa Claus
1: in the Hawaiian outfit situation yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> when, when mothman's not like per, like portending doom uh he is traveling frequently he's a or he's, yeah or a tourist there are more than one or he has wings and he flies <laughs> around at night but he doesn't
0: flap them he just hovers with them
2: right and teleports right. cuz he's an alien right well
0: don't get me started In 1926, the now defunct local newspaper, the Cornish Echo. What a great name. Two boys. That is a great name. Cornish Echo. There's got to be a joke there that I just don't see it, but it's fine. Two boys reported that they were chased by a large, ferocious bird. They tried to escape it by hiding behind a steel grate, but the creature continued to try and reach them through the grid of the grating. Again, another scene just out of a horror movie. They're being chased by this thing. They lock themselves behind the grate, and this thing is clawing at them, desperately trying to get it.
1: Big-ass bird.
0: Big-ass bird, 1926, Cornish Echo, in that newspaper. In 1976, two witnesses, and still in uh, in Cornwall, two witnesses watched as a giant owl flew over the tower of a 13th century parish church of St. Monon. Teenagers who were camping nearby the area reported that they heard strange hissing sounds and saw as what they described as an owl as big as a man. According to the teenagers, the creatures had tra- the trademark red reflective eyes as well as strange claws shaped, quote, like blacksmith's pincers. And if you think about it, blacksmith's pincers are two smooth horse-shaped type right. things that cling if together. You,
1: if you looked at it, it would look like two – so are they – are they touching on the, is it a peanut shape that we're talking about? Or are we talking about like a, uh, like curvy H? Um, you're looking curvy at,
0: H. Uh, I'm trying to look at a, a Yeah. Like, like two, like chromosomes. It's like, it's like two, it's like two, two circular things like, that are kind of diagonal like this. It could
1: look like an eight. It could look this? like an eight or it could look like, like, a, It's almost like a V. Yeah. Like they come together at a point. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like that. Oh, yeah. okay. That's how it is. Our looks. Um, that's all for that sighting, particularly. But two years later, 1978, a sighting occurred where the witnesses were able to describe it as having a silver-gray color, which again fits the description Just like the stash. of what they saw in 1966. Yep, and also like the chrome statue with the perfect ass. In 1989, a sighting gave the the rough height of the creature as around five feet tall which doesn't fit the 6 to 10 that it's usually reported as, but it's not that far off. The final report occurred in 1995 by an American who described the creature as having sharp claws emanating from the creature's wings. The theories are that the sightings have been put down to repeated sightings of the Eurasian eagle owl, this bird is very large, up to two and a half feet with a wingspan of up to six feet and a range that spans 12 million square miles across Europe and Asia. Uh, and B, this is the only reported avian humanoid sighting that did not precede a disaster, making it unlikely to be the Mothman as we know it, though it is often listed uh, amongst the sightings. But that's only if we see the Mothman as uh, a fitting, big bird. very specific criteria, if the Mothman is real and it's a cryptid of some sort or or what have you. There's no telling why it shows up. It could just feed. I mean, who knows? Right. Who knows what what's the reason? That's Cornwall. Now we shift to 1978 Germany, to a man named Friedberg Shrieker, which I freaking or to the creature known as the Friedberg Shrieker. That's what it's called. Wild. Which is a freaking the best name out of all of them so far. A shrieker. I love. Yeah. It. The sh- the Friedberg Shrieker. Yeah early in the morning on september 10th 1978 in freiburg germany 36 miners arrived at their work site in the black forest mountains however when they arrived they saw a man in a dark trench coat standing in front of the entrance confused a few workers went closer to investigate the, but the man flung the trench coat open to reveal that it was not a coat at all but a large pair of wings no! The miners stood in shock and the creature began to shriek in what was described as, quote, the sound of 50 men screaming and a train's emergency brakes combined. Yo, yo, yeah, yo,
2: yeah, yeah, you're yeah, right! Yeah. You're totally right. It is yo, 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 yo,
1: yo, yo, yo. I'm telling you. Wow,
2: you figured
0: this shit out. I hate that you figured it out. Right. I hate that you had the scream down right away.
1: Yo, 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 yo. <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, but for real, all my friends back home call me Johnny, but you can call me Mothman. Hey, Johnny Mothman! (laughs) Hey, hey, what's going on? Yeah, exactly. Hey, let's get a beer, Johnny Mothman. Oh,
0: afraid, all of the miners fled and began to clean, began to clean the work site, checking periodically to see if the creature was still there. It remained by the entrance the entire time, its wings folded around it like a coat. Once again, around eight. There was a large subterranean explosion. When the miners investigated, the creature was gone, and plumes of smoke were pouring from the entrance of the mine. When the flames finally died down, it was found by officials that if the miners had been at the intended posts, they would have all perished. The legend of the creature, dubbed the Friedberg Shrieker, goes on to say that six months after the event, less than a third of the people involved were no longer employed by the mine. Those that became unemployed stayed that way, suffering from intense mental mental turmoil related to the sighting.
1: To the sighting, not the fucking mine exploding. No, not
0: to the explosion. The fact that they saw this thing—they saw this man creature with wings that shrieked like a train engine—and fifty men just fucked them up for life.
1: So, just completely screwed them. Is up. there is there like uh, like testimony or records of that? Well, that's where the story comes from, from the, all the all of those miners. Those miners, I see.
0: Those 31 miners. So it's not even like it was one dude. I'm oh, sorry, 36 miners. 36 people say they saw this thing.
1: That's a lot. Which is that's a lot.
0: Yeah. That's right, lot. but... And, and it fits into the idea that, that the Mothman is there before disaster, but it also kind of throws like, okay, is he there to warn you? Is he there to feed off
2: the weird energy? And Jesse, go right ahead. No, but there's a lot of this story that is unconfirmable though of course like that's that's, this is one of the part this is one of the most detailed yet also one of the most unconfirmable stories out there a lot of people include this as being like one of the big mothman things this is it this is one of the huge stories but in the end people can't even find records that this even happened
0: yeah it's, it's it's just a uh, it's
2: just to put it, it's just to put that this this
0: Mothman tale this avian bird the ha- man crossbreed is not just locked in United States lore.
1: Yeah, this well, this the this are- same concept oh, of a dark winged creature showing up at a disaster is is like at least somewhat substantiated by folklore and unconfirmed stories from all around the world. Of
2: course. Yes. yes exactly. Which and they all fit with the theory of what the Mothman, like the, the legend of the Mothman, all yeah, these stories the sort of fit well. into the mythos. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The theories for this one are uh that this creature is often put in lists well this this particular one is often put in lists of Mothman sighting as Jesse just said, uh, as it appeared to be an avian avian humanoid preceding a disaster. Many people Many people speculate that the creature showed up to warn the miners of the impending explosion, consequently saving their lives, though this one has no mention of the red eyes. It kind of did, However, though, right? It
1: kind of did save them.
0: Yeah, it kind of did. It scared the shit out of them and mentally, like, damaged a, a, a number of them. Well, but stopped them, them the,
1: from going down into the mine at the time they were supposed yeah, to they be wouldn't there.
0: Yeah, would have died right then and there. Right. Yeah, exactly. However, there is very little, As again, as Jesse pointed out, there is very little specific evidence relating to the case. The mine company and the names of the people involved are unknown, and it is largely by word of mouth that this story is spread. Because of this fact, some researchers are hesitant to believe the entire incident even happened at all, which is 100% fair. Right. You have to take those stories with a a thing of salt. Now, Jesse, I think you're going to like this one a lot. We shift back. 1986. Chernobyl. How very topical. On April twenty sixth, nineteen eighty six, at one twenty three. Is this a TV any, show? Yeah, there this, isn't, this yeah, thing happened. is a new That was a twist at the end of the TV show. Spoilers. Yeah, was it all Mothman? It was the Mothman yeah. at the
1: end. If that's like a paranormal TV show, I will shit myself. I would. I would be like <laughs> so blown away if like a TV show with that tone. All of a sudden, there's like somebody looks up and there's like. <laughs>
0: Uh, okay, on April 26th, 1986, at 1.23, an explosion took place during a routine systems check on, of Reactor 4 of the Chernobyl nuclear plant. This caused one of the worst nuclear disasters in history that everybody, I mean, it, like you said, it's kind of topical right now because of the series that just hit. And the nearby town of Pripyat served as a, as a base for the first responders until the city was evacuated because of the dangerous levels of radiation. The explosion killed 30 people, with a further 10 dying of radiation poisoning in the following days, and led to the resettlement of 336,000 people from the areas of Ukraine, Belarus, and Russia. The plant burned for nine days before being
1: doused. This is Chernobyl, this is the worst. We all, this is, this is the bad one.
0: The workers who survived the initial blast, later later to perish of radiation poisoning, described a large, black, bird-like creature gliding through the irradiated plumes of smoke coming from the the still-functioning reactor. Further descriptions of the creature revealed that in the weeks leading up to the disaster, a large, dark, headless man with gigantic wings and fire-red eyes was seen in the area of the plant. People piloting helicopters to drop over 500 pounds of clay, sand, lead, and other extinguishing chemicals to try and douse the blaze claim to have seen a 20-floor bird flying through the smoke.
1: 20 floors.
0: 20 floors. We're talking
1: like kaiju what? level.
0: Like that—that that is like a Mothra level. I'm telling you, Ultraman
1: the... is involved in this somehow. He's somewhere. Yeah, in somewhere. There. He's somewhere in there. The
0: truth of the matter is, though this sighting is fascinating and on brand for the Mothman, the earliest recording of this particular story is on the internet in 2005, with a similar story surfacing in 2007. So that immediately throws a little doubt on it because the internet is kind of, I mean, Polybius is a great example of a an internet myth that goes back to like the 80s, even though it wasn't real. Further proof against the story is it came out after the 2002 release of the Mothman Prophecies film. John Keel gave a statement in an interview uh, published in 2010, quote, the Chernobyl story, the Galveston Hurricane Mothman tie-in, and other examples given in the 2002 movie were pure fiction. Right after the movie was released, various websites posted the Chernobyl Mothman reports as factual, but there is no thread of evidence that any winged weirdies were w- witnessed before the Chernobyl accident. It is a bit of fiction that has unfortunately moved into pseudo factoid cryptozoology.
2: Interesting,
0: but it is important to point out that that it's this, this story is important because even if we're getting stories from the '80s, that shit surfaced recently, and that is not. And people buy into it like that. People are willing to swallow anything left, right, and center. Another great example of that is the 9/11 terrorist attack on New York in Shut 2001. Shut up!
2: This is real. <laughs>
0: This is another one, absolutely. I told you, we're going deep, man. There's a lot to to cover here, and we're just about halfway, maybe. Allegedly, five days prior to the devastating terrorist attack on the World Trade Center, people reported seeing a large crane-like figure uh, flying around the buildings. Some even report that the creature was there on the day of the attack, flying through the smoke and debris of the crashed planes and burning buildings. Much like Chernobyl, this is, uh, though this is on brand of a sighting for something like Mothman. And there's actually a picture here. It's the only picture that exists um, that, that if you if you guys look at the outline that we've got.
1: I remember seeing this uh, picture back in the day too.
0: Yeah. Um, there is little to no legitimate ev- evidence of this sighting. The evidence comes down to one photo that at best is shaky and some reports that came out after the tragedy rather than before, as in the case of Point Pleasant. And keep in mind the Point Pleasant stuff, all those sightings... Are, are bona fide prior to the bridge collapse these are all after the terrorist attack and if you look at the photo it's not horribly convincing in my mind it just doesn't it looks like somebody took a picture of like a bird shrunk that thing down in Photoshop and just kind of put it yeah in the it building. doesn't
2: look it doesn't look great
0: it looks it looks like the, it's almost like the bird is way too clear for how far away that creature is. It also is a bad-looking bird. It looks like it's yes. from
1: like Godzilla the movie, like
0: yes. If, and, and listen, if you're listening, this is the only photo, so you could easily look up Mothman 911. Probably the only thing that pops. Yeah, uh, you'll see what I'm saying. And uh, finally, in more modern day stuff, one of the last things we're gonna we're gonna talk about here before we uh, end up episode one with all of the sightings and the history. Dude, and so I smell.
1: Back. I smell a three-parter. Am I, am I crazy? So. I smell a 3 it's,
0: it's I walked into this thinking, absolutely two, maybe three. Yeah. It, it was very Tommy Patera in that way. Tommy Patera was definitely two, maybe three. Um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. <clears throat> but 2007, Minneapolis, the I-35 West Bridge collapse. On August 1st, 2007, just after 1800 hours in the midst of a post-work rush, the I-35 West Bridge collapsed into the Mississippi River sending cars, trucks, and even a school bus into the waters below. Thirteen people were killed, 145 were injured. Immediately after the disaster, the Minnesota Department of Transportation came under intense scrutiny. I
1: remember this one.
0: Yeah, it was not that long ago. It was found the Interstate Highway Bridge was classified as structurally deficient, and in fact, repair work was underway when it actually collapsed. It was rated a fracture critical meaning the fra- failure of just one of the components could cause the whole bridge to collapse. My question is, if something's fracture critical, why are you still letting cars drive on that thing? Well,
2: because they still do it to this day.
0: Oh, that's horrifying to me. Yeah, know.
2: there's been many times since, I'm sure, the Mothman that bridges have collapsed, and then people have been like, well, you know, we should have replaced it, but we didn't have the funding for it. That's why every time someone gets into power in the government, they're like, we're going to fix the roads, we're going to yep. fix the bridges, and they never do! Because it's and like. They keep sending oh. dudes with binoculars to freaking inspect bridges from yeah. across the city. That's a huge problem in the United States. Our infrastructure sucks. It does. It fucking blows. And we're just
1: too big. Like, how could we ever yeah. have it good?
2: Well, I mean, we did at one point in time. Right. We invested Moving a lot on. of money in
0: it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what you gotta do. You just gotta pump, pump money into it. The ensuing investigation found that the gusset plates on the bridge were too thin and couldn't hold the amount of weight the bridge was currently holding. Nine days later, on George Nori's AM talk show, Yo. Coast to Coast, hey. people, be- people began to share their reports of seeing a large flying creature flapping its wings, which doesn't fit the typical uh, rundown of the. model. Also,
2: gonna say, just, you know, gonna give them a little bit of credit, 99.9% of those stories were bullshit. Absolutely. As a person who listens to Coast to Coast, everyone who calls in, everyone is yeah. out of their fucking mind. If you are, you're either doing it for fun because you want to get on the radio, or you're a crazy person. There is no one who calls that shows like, you're right, George. I'm right. not doing this for money and or fame. I really did see an alien. No, you did. Shut up. One of my favorite calls on that
0: is the guy who who thinks he's being or claims to be being followed and listened in on, and the phone call keeps getting cut every time.
2: I don't know if you uh, heard that phone when call. Art Bell used to host the guy who flew over Area 51. That was a great one. Yeah, the, uh, a really good one. My favorite one, one is one. the leprechaun. I was like, George, George, I see a little one. I see a little. Is it a leprechaun? And he's like, uh, can you describe <laughs> the person? He's yeah. tiny, George, tiny. You know, like
1: <laughs> just uh,
2: just a really great show. It is. People began to share
0: their reports of seeing uh, with with George uh, the, preceding the collapse. One Illinois caller stated that she had seen the Mothman on June 27th, 2007, as she was driving outside of Stewartville, Minnesota, and that it had, quote, a huge wingspan about the width of a Ford. God
1: damn, I'm trying to find, like, good pictures. You picks. know you're in
0: Minnesota when they're comparing the wingspan to a Ford.
1: I, I keep I keep looking for pictures of the real Mothman, and I just keep finding pictures of people in front of that fucking statue.
2: Yeah, people love yeah, that. You I know. know, it's great. Can I tell you, it's, there's a great. pop vinyl Mothman figure,
1: like cryptids of like America. Just, like,
2: I think it might be from Fallout, but it literally is Mothman. It's like what you would expect Mothman to be it's from Arizona. Fallout. Mm-hmm. And Fallout '76 uh, Mothman. I was gonna say '76. Yeah, yeah,
0: that wonderful. <clears throat> I haven't played it actually, so I can't even. I can't even comment. Anyway. We'll do, let's do one more. Okay. We'll save the rest and we'll, uh, next okay. episode, we'll cover the rest of the sightings and, and the history across the world because we're going to go to the Mexican swine flu outbreak of Chihuahua in 2009. And the Mothman? You damn right.
2: What?
1: H1N1 it's... is the Mothman? H1N1. one
2: 9 and H1N1? H1N1, Mothman, you name it, dude. Do you, you think, know think this is kind of like... Do you think this is kind of like, uh, you know, when Spider-Man goes to save the day, but they're always like, what was Spider-Man doing there at the scene of the crime? Yeah. Do you think this is like Mothman? He's trying his hardest to be like, guys, please stop. He's like, and yeah! all <laughs> we hear are like... And everybody's like, <laughs> yes. oh my god! And then they add, like something terrible happens. <laughs> and then they Yes. Mothman's <laughs> trying his hardest. <laughs> He's like, guys... This flu is going to kill a lot of people. you got to stop. People are like, holy fucking shit! <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, God. Between March and April 2009, the virus jumped from pigs to humans, creating the deadly H1N1, or swine flu. Flu-like illnesses were first availed by the federal district as early as March 18th, when it was put down to a, quote, late-season flu. Something that usually coincides with a peak in the influenza B virus. The first infected was in San Diego, California, on April 2nd, a mere 17 miles from the border. But it was misclassified as a as a form of the standard flu virus H2N3 or the influenza A virus. The pandemic began in Mexico, with the first death occurring in um, Oaxaca, 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 on the 13th. The late season flu theory persisted until April 21st when the CDC issued an an alert concerning two isolated H1N1 cases. A study at the end of April estimated that between 113,000 and 375,000 in Mexico had become infected with the virus. In response, on April 24th, all schools from preschool to university, as well as libraries, museums, concerts, and any public gathering place were shut down to prevent... That's
1: fucking scary. Schools
0: remained closed until May 7th and nightlife facilities... Uh, were made to suspend business to decrease risk of infection. On April 10th, 2009, uh, engineer Francisco Prieto Torres reported that the people of La Wa- uh, would you say La La Junta? La Junta La Junta maybe yeah maybe and La, La Junta Guerrero, Guerrero yeah had seen s- Guerrero I'm sorry had seen strange creatures it's in Chihuahua. the time leading up to the pandemic. On March 6, a student, uh, his name was kept confidential. At uh, the Universidad Regional del Norte in Chihuahua, Mexico, was driving home when he saw something. Uh, when he saw something or a figure on the road in front of him, he said it looked like a man hunched over, covered in a blanket. The figure then rose and leapt twice toward the car. The student floored the car, but the creature kept pace with it, occasionally peering into the window as he drove.
1: I think just being in the car freaks me out in general, like driving on the bridge in the car, running into something on the road in the car that like you like open the door and get out and it's like, yeah, like I would be so scared.
0: (laughs) What they didn't realize is this person who was keeping up with the car was just a very determined Jehovah's
1: Witness. Oh my God. Just wearing a blanket (laughs) like,
2: don't accept blood (laughs) transfusions. Señor, Señor.
0: (laughs) Do you have un momento to speak about Jesus? Two other two other named witnesses, women by the name of Angela Mendez and Viviana Ledesma. I love Angela Mendez. Something just poetic about that name. Reported that they heard the creature squealing in an apple grove near the Minyaka Cemetery. Uh, beyond that, that's all. Uh, beyond that, that's all they heard. They saw nothing. They they heard nothing. Dude was just like,
2: "Ah oh, ah, oh, you're gonna fail your test. Oh! ah, <laughs> yeah. oh, tragedy. Like, leave a me streak. alone. Oh." Yeah,
1: and on that. Good lord! On that
0: last sighting, we will pick up next. One. Wow,
1: there's still so many more.
0: There's so many. Oh my many god, more, I'm just. And then we're gonna get into the theories, uh, common common areas
1: where he shows up,
0: and um. I'll, I'll save it. I can't. I can't spoil it. I can't there spoil is it.
1: so much here, you there's guys.
0: So you, you, you there's a lot. There's there a lot is so into. much here. Holy shit. Sand. But I hope, at the very least, at the end of this episode, you have a nice introduction as to who the Mothman is, how he kind of shows up, where he tends to show up,
2: and the kinds of reports that I would consider credible. Where he tends to 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 show up is everywhere. No one's safe. The Mothman's coming for you. You can't can't hide under your blankets. He doesn't care. He brought his own blanket. That's the Mothman. He's coming for you. That's the Mothman.
1: (laughs) Jesus Christ, that's so scary.
0: I, I, I do hope that the listeners walk away with what I would consider credible though, and not credible. Anything that comes anytime there's a report of the Mothman after the event happens is when it's it's sketchy. If the reports come prior to the event, that's those are the ones that I'm I'm willing to at least kind of lend an ear to because it's way too easy for something to happen that's horrible and tragic, and then like like Jesse said or or Alex said, you just call somebody looking for fame, blah blah blah. It's a whole it's a whole you see that in a lot of a lot of uh, tragic things. Alien alien uh, abductions, similar. Right. Once an alien abduction thing happened, thousands of it's people. Like, are, my it's like as It's like
1: fashionable, abduction. yeah.
0: Yeah, fashionable. Fifteen minutes of fame type deal. Uh, next week, like I said, we'll dive into some more detailed stuff about the theories to what the Mothman is, as well as. Uh, again, I, I almost spoiled it. We'll talk about it next week.
2: Wild. We'll next week. Okay.
0: Thanks for
1: listening, everybody.
2: Yeah, Jesse, thanks. Alex.
0: Do you feel more informed?
2: I, oh, I am.
1: I'm, I'm tantalized. I I, 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 I like, it's going to take everything not to like, look this up.
0: <laughs> look at, look through a man. Be ready, be ready for the next week. I don't want to spoil it's
1: the a- revelations,
0: the revelations. Well, we will be back, uh, ideally uh, next week with Mothman part two. Uh, and we'll move on to, uh, more modern day stuff and talk about, uh, what the beliefs are nowadays, but thank you guys so much for listening. um, and thank you guys for being patient as we took kind of June to ourselves as we were flying around doing other work and whatnot. Uh, we are excited to be back. As Jesse said, in two weeks, if you are going to be at CoxCon or if you're near CoxCon in Telford, UK, you can pick up tickets right now at CoxCon.co.uk. It's three weeks. Huh? Three weeks? Three weeks from now? It's yeah, July. It's exactly 12th, three weeks right? from now. Yeah. July twelfth, yeah. Check it out. Go grab tickets. We're gonna be doing Chiluminati live over there, as well as a ton of other panels. Uh, it'll be super, super fun. We hope to see you guys in your face, beautiful faces there. If you want to tweet at any of us, you can so do so directly at Jesse at Jesse Cox and Alex at Fasciane A and myself at Mathis Games. The show is at Chiluminati Pod. Uh, the stories on Chiluminati Pod subreddit is fantastic. And wherever you're listening to us, please, 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 drop us a review. It helps us immensely more than you know. And if you want sweet swag we're still selling hats t-shirts and stickers over at the yeti link in the description
1: below to go buy yourself some sweet chaluminati it, it looks lurch. so good you guys don't 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 sleep on it you want it
0: dude I'm gonna I'm gonna have the t-shirt the hoodie and the hat on during the podcast I mean during the during the Damn, live show you are decked. you're down. ready perfect yeah people dude <laughs> people on Twitter call me insane all the time now because
1: of my alien love
2: right 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 because the alien love. I love the alien.
1: There's just no, it's, there's it's, something fun about it, right?
2: <clears throat> yeah, why not? Why not?
0: Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next week with Mothman
1: Part 2. Bye guys.
0: Bye. Bye.